Hey everybody, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to another episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes, on valleyindie.org, on SoundCloud, or if you like the radio, we're on WNHH 103.5 LPFM in the city of New Haven. I'm joined with my regular co-host, Mr. Ethan Fry. What's going on? And today is what, October 5th, I think it is? Yeah, it's October 5th. Today is the 5th. We're recording this in a few weeks in advance uh, because, you know what, these podcasts take work, people, and we got other stuff to do, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Our guest today, this, this is very special, our guest today is none other than Professor Jody Gill. Hello. Now, there's some background here. Jody and I launched this publication, valleyindy.org, uh, back in 2009. Jody covered Ansonia and Shelton and Seymour and I don't know what else for a couple of years. That's it. And then uh, as she was working here, she got her master's degree uh, and then got a job teaching new age journalism. Is new age the right word? That's probably not right. New media? Digital media, I guess. Digital media journalism uh, at Southern Connecticut State University in New, new Haven. Haven. So Correct. first of all, Jody, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I was afraid you forgot about me. How so? In what way? Because I emailed you and you didn't email right back. So I'm like, oh my God, did they forget I exist? Oh no, yeah. It was just, <laughs> it's been a busy couple of weeks yeah. here. Only you know what it is? It's really, and it's not even really work too much. It's just my own like, you know, my son's got soccer two or three days a week. I, They both go to magnet schools 22 miles away. So like at 2.30, I have to run and go get them. So mm -hmm. it was just, I apologize. No, uh, no, no. For that. I'm, I'm giving a hard time. And I'm, I'm also kind of lying to you. But is this, we're talking about asthma. The reason uh, Jody Gill is on the podcast today is that she freelanced an article for the Connecticut Health Investigative Team. Uh, came out September 14th. Wow, it was that long ago? I didn't realize that. Okay, now I understand why you're mad. <laughs> I thought this came out like, like three days ago. But uh, the headline is, to give you a taste of it, asthma ER visits and hospitalizations drop in many communities, and among those communities, the lower Naugatuck Valley. Now, I have a son who has asthma, right? So I just, anything I read on asthma sort of just, you know, it's like a raw nerve because mm -hmm. you know, it, it can be a frustrating thing to deal with. But uh, anyway, so that, that's why uh, Jody Gill is, is on the podcast. We're here to talk about asthma. All right. And uh, Jody, you did a story, as I had mentioned, asthma ER visits and hospitalizations drop in many communities for c-hit.org. That's the Connecticut Health Investigative Team. How'd this story come about? Did you, did you pitch it or did you get assigned it? Or So I think it was two years ago in 2014, I did a similar story with older data. And so I was looking for story ideas, um, talking with Lynn Delucia, who's the editor there. And she said, hey, the, there's new data that is the same as what you wrote about a couple of years ago. Do you want to look at that? And I said, yep, that sounds good, because I'd like to see what's changed from the last time. And let's just read the, 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 the lead to give people a taste of what the story is about. The rates of asthma-related emergency room visits and hospitalizations dropped in many com Connecticut communities. The latest data from the State Department of Public Health show. And this is data that looks at, so 169 communities, right? They're looking at how many people in each community went to the hospital for asthma and how many people were admitted to the hospital. So for all 100, ages, 
It's no, it's well, it's looking at everything, and then there's an age adjusted rate. So if there's, it's a higher rate for children, so they'll adjust so that it's a little bit fairer. Um, so I looked at the age adjusted rate, which explain that again because now I'm, I'm I'm an idiot. I'm a little confused just, by it too. <laughs> Basically, there's all ages is one rate. Then there's the age adjusted rate, which they do something with the math behind the scenes to to adjust to make it a little bit more fair and i don't really understand what they do behind the scenes but they're looking at it in a way that's not um skewing it because there's more children perhaps right or more elderly people where'd you get the data from so the state department of public health gets it from hospitals so i got it from the state but they get it like all hospitals send them this data and when you get this data and you as a reporter get it uh is it readable uh understandable in the in the way you get it, in the form, or however they give it to you? So in the article, if you go look, there's a there's a chart that Marie Shanahan actually made, um, and she's a... UConn professor. UConn professor, former Hartford Current uh, reporter and web editor, I she think was, you worked with Yeah, her. yeah, she was uh, uh, like one of the supervisors on the web staff when yep. I worked there for like three weeks before they booted me. <laughs> so they didn't she, boot me, I'm kidding. Yeah, you left. She, um, she did a graphic, so it comes in in a excel spreadsheet her graphic is an easier way to look at it but essentially those are the numbers that you see so you're looking at a spreadsheet with 169 uh, rows and then going across there's three columns right uh age adjusted rate regular rate and then the the actual number so if there's you know 15 people went to the hospital um they'll do a rate which is looking at how many people per 10,000. so that's equalizing around for each town. Then reading from the chart, Hartford ranks at the top for asthma-related visits to the emergency room and experienced the largest increase in ER visits from 2005 to 2009 to 2010 to 2014. Other towns that saw the rate of asthma ER visits rise include Norwich, Hampton, Sprague. Meanwhile, Canaan, Derby. Derby. And Winstead saw the biggest drops in ER visits for asthma. So that wasn't information like Derby, all right? So, you know, we, we're, we're Ansonia Derby publication. So you found by looking at this data and having Marie Shanahan crunch the numbers and put it in graph form that Derby actually, the Lower Valley in general, seems to be doing better, at least with this this data that we're yeah, looking at. And I guess to, to take it back a minute, the the data, the reason they look at this data, and I and I'd like to hear more about your own experience with this is the state in general says if you are going to the hospital for asthma, they see that as a proxy measure for are you managing your asthma, right? So they're like, why aren't you managing your asthma? Like, why are you showing up at the ER for your asthma? Obviously, there's going to be times when you need to go, but they're saying if you're taking your inhaler, if you've been working with your doctor, it might be less often that people need to go. So they look at this number to say, are people managing their asthma in a way that's healthy and that they're not actually having to go to the hospital? So to say, so when we're looking at the numbers, it's like we're saying that these are improving, but they're still not in a place where people are happy, right? So to say everything- The hospitalization, the visits to the visits ER to and the, the hospital, ER. there's still nothing to brag about. Right, so okay, it's getting gotcha. better, but it's still bad. Okay, gotcha. So it's one of these stories where it's like, yeah, everything's getting better, but we're still seeing, you know, uh, 116 people per 10,000 in Derby going to the hospital um, during this data set, right? And how long did how long did it take you to compile this story? 
the story I worked on it on and off for probably a month or two. Okay. Um, and that's just because I had other stuff. I was traveling and I had other stuff going on. But it took some time to find people to talk about it, which sounds weird because there's all these state officials to that I talk to. To interpret the data. To right. give you what does all this mean? Because my whole purpose was to go into it and say, okay, if Derby's getting better, why is Derby getting better? And nobody better? knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. See, and that's that's, like, that's, your, that's my frustration as a, as a parent. That would be my next question. As, yeah. a chi- as a child with asthma, there is, you do hit this wall of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and it's just like... Yeah, you know we always hear uh, the the asthma rates are higher in the city, and I remember I think it was when you first did your when you did your first asthma story, you sent me a story saying, "Hey, Derby has higher rates than than Seymour, yeah. Oxford, yeah, yeah." And I just thought like, well, okay, I live on Hawthorne Avenue. How is my air? I can see Shelton. There's a river, and I can see Shelton. You know, I could like. Uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, why? What's so different about, like, we are the people coming to Derby to pump poison into my house? Am I living, <laughs> is it radon? I mean, like, you really, no. like, I'm at the point where I think my house might be the issue, but, uh. No, and, and like, so, is it, like, could it have just been, like, the air was better for, like, a year? Or, like, So, what? part of it is, in the cities, there's more pollution, right? So, Hartford, you're, you're getting, like, 84, 91 are going through. You've got people sitting there in their cars, you know, nine hours a day. So, there's just more air pollution there. But part of it, um, these experts are saying, is people in the cities maybe aren't, they don't have the same um, access to doctors. Maybe they're going to an emergency room because they don't have a primary care doctor. Um, so maybe it's not that the incidence of asthma is worse, even though it, it actually is, but maybe that's not the whole story, right? Maybe people are just choosing to go to the hospital because they don't have a doctor, mm. right? Or it's closer. Or... To get to the doctor, you've got to make an appointment, whereas at the hospital, you can just show up and they'll see you. Or so if there's your face is turning blue and you can't breathe, well, you then there's say, then you take me to the hospital. Right. Right. Like, I'm not gonna... And sometimes your doctor will say, if you're nervous, just go to the hospital. Well, that's what one thing that I've had happen. Uh, you know, the thing when you have, when a kid has asthma, and my son Jack doesn't, I mean, they're, you know, they're the kids that have asthma that, yeah, their face are turning blue and it's real serious. And it's something their parents have to deal with and manage 24 hours a day jack's asthma is more insidious mm-hmm. it's not it's not as serious as uh, as your typical case he just gets a cough when he gets a cold he cannot stop coughing uh i mean he'll cough for a month straight just coughing 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 and that eventually especially at night starts to affect his breathing he doesn't wheeze but uh, you can tell he's just coughing so much he's having problems mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. lungs get so irritated and then i'll they'll test his uh his oxygen levels and and i'll take a dip uh but i found like at the beginning we the first time he, he had a lung thing we thought he had uh what was it croup what's that old one like the is that like whooping cough? cough no no guys Jinx. <laughs> guys not whooping cough. The croup. The croup. Yeah, yeah. It's just a well, whooping look cough. At me. Oh, it's a, how it's dare you bring up whooping cough? You're bringing up croup. What? I thought croup yeah. was whooping cough. Yeah. No, no. Croup is like not a big deal at all. It's like something little kids get, uh, you know, like toddlers. And it's just basically an inflammation of, not that I'm a doctor. So I'm going to put that out there in advance. But it's just like an inflammation of your vocal cords. And it gives you this horrible sounding cough that's scary. Uh-huh. But basically, you know, you take the kid in the shower, you turn on the steam, and it usually clears right up. It's very common. There's nothing to be worried about. I thought that's what Jack had, because one night he was just coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. This was He was preschool aged. And uh, then by the morning, I realized there's something something's yeah. wrong here. And he ended up in the hospital at Yale New Haven for, for three days. And one of the things they said, well, now he's had, they diagnosed it as bronchiolitis. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, one thing that might happen now is he has an increased chance of asthma. 
and since then that was in August of I don't know what year, but every year like clockwork, especially in August, he has these same issues. Uh, and I found, like you had mentioned, I brought Jack to the emergency room several times. And as a reporter, you know, we do these stories where it's almost like there's almost, I found like in places I worked, people who go to the emergency room, it's those, those poor people and those immigrants, you know, they go to the emergency room and it's almost like you, at least maybe I did this, maybe I'm speaking for myself, my own or whatever. It's like you're putting it on the patient. Mm-hmm. Like it's their fault. And that's what sometimes these asthma plans, like when I was reading some of the experts say, well, they're not, people aren't managing their... Yeah, it's and not, that's what everyone these, says. These action asthma plans or these asthma action plans are basically... You know, you, it's real simple stuff. It's like a one, two, uh, three. If you've got this symptom, do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of like, you know, like they make a big deal when you go to the hospital, rate your pain on a yep. scale of zero. I mean, that's what these these asthma action plans are like. They talk about them like they're these. And as a parent, like when I hear asthma action plan, all right, this is it. That's total, you know, well, and total that's, like, simple stuff. The state stuff. has a goal to have, I think everyone eventually to have one of those. So everyone who's got asthma, they want to have this plan because they see that as key to making sure people are managing their asthma oh and this is what what, what i was i'm bab- babbling I, I realized that but one of the things that was frustrating to me was i would jack would get sick on a weekend so you call up you know his doctor has weekend hours mm-hmm. and you show up at the doctor and you're there and they know we're in the lower valley they know kids have asthma here and they know they have it at an increased increased rate than other kids and they're just like well i don't know bring them to the emergency room and it'd be like uh so i could see yeah. Oh, I have no other choice. So I brought him, all those times I brought him to the emergency room, it was just because my regular doctor was like, all right, well, if you're nervous, bring him in. And so I could, I'm wondering if that So has, you're in this data. Is, oh, yeah, if it's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought him in, yeah, 2000, I mean, he was born in 2010. It must have been, I don't know. I don't know how to add. But it was like 2012, 13, 14, something like that. So, but, and what you're saying is, look, it's not just I didn't manage the asthma. It's like I, I went to the doctor to try to manage this asthma and they said, go to the emergency room. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, you do, I did what I was supposed to do and the result was basically, I don't know. And then, of course, you take them to Yale. I'm not, you're not going to take them to Griffin because Yale is where you, if you have a child, you don't go to Griffin. You go to, to Yale because they have the, the children's hospital there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and like, yeah. why, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, go like, ahead. Wh- why, you, you mentioned the, like the state wants, the state health people want everybody who has asthma to like have some sort of plan. Like, why, I mean, why asthma specifically? Like, or does, or maybe they, does the state want every cigarette smoker to have a plan to quit smoking? Do they want every so, alcoholic actually. to have a, you know? Well, so asthma like, costs a lot of money. So if you're going to the hospital, it costs money. I mean, I have some notes here. There, last year, uh, 2014, it was $135 million in costs to the hospitals, right? So they're saying, like, if we can get more people to not have to go to the hospital, this is going to save money overall. And then, I mean, if it's serious, if you're not able to manage the asthma i mean you could die this is not this is not just like you're sick you could actually stop breathing so their their goal is a public health goal but it's also to save money down the road too so they're saying anything they can do to get people to not have to use the hospital um, and to actually just improve how they're managing it will help them survive but will help them just have a better life right so if you're missing school because you're sick if you're missing work because you're you know not breathing all of those things add up to lost, you know, productivity, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I guess as a, I wish they would spend some time like doing this with the with the doctors. Like sometimes I read these asthma stories and they, they put it on the patient and they, they want, you know, I wish they'd go to some of the doctors 
and talk about how uh, doctors can sort of deal with individual patients. So I did that different. as part of this. Oh, really? Well, can yeah. I complain? Can I can I go through like my quick thing with, yeah. with asthma yeah, I'd doctors? Like to hear it. Uh, Jack would get asthma. He'd 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 get his whatever, and, and basically what it ended up becoming was a couple of times a year they would just shoot him up with prednisone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a steroid, and uh, you know you don't want to do that to a kid. And I'd see like these incredible mood changes, and I'm one of those guys where like you hear like, oh yeah, don't you know these kids are so medicated, that's why they grow up and are running around dressed up as clowns and threatening kids on uh, <laughs> social media as clown. And it's like, all right, whatever, yeah, the medic, give me a break. Uh, but you know, like we'd give him prednisone and it was, he was like a, a little crazy kid. He was just like, ah, just like wired. And we would do it again and again and again and again. And I got frustrated cause you'd go to the doctor and it's like, well, can we do something else? Brought him to another doctor. Brought him to like, we brought him to like three doctors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they see so many patients and they just give you the same. It doesn't matter. You might as well be, you know, on a factory line and they're just stamping you as you go by and they don't listen, mm-hmm. which is my uh, frustration. Although the latest guy I found seems to be a bit better. And they're just constantly, they're just constantly changing his meds and, and that's that. And it's just like, and at like a, it's at very a, at a certain age, like how much can a doctor communicate with like a, a kid who's two or three you know yeah like and i can't but they can't communicate with the parents either. yeah 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 because yeah. you, you you know you know how it is i mean we talk to people all the time we can tell when somebody's not paying attention mm-hmm. to us you know mm-hmm. what i mean And i'm talking to these doctors and you can see the guy or i'll ask he'll ask me how many times is how many times has he been on prednisone you have the charts man yeah. what is that computer for <laughs> yeah like i don't know how many times he's been on yeah. prednisone if you had told me i should track that in addition to my asthma plan i would have that information <laughs> So it's really frustrating in that regard. And they just throw back. That's why it's like they throw back. Oh, you got to manage your asthma. And it's like, I'm trying to manage my asthma. Like I have on this piece of paper. Yeah. You know, if you're coughing up blood, do something. I get that. And the state program, we did that. Like where they come and they check out yes. your house. Can you tell me more? I've been trying for two years to, to have them connect me with somebody who's been in this program. Oh, really? So and they're like, oh, privacy, blah, blah, blah. No one wants to talk to you. And so I just have to hear from to Eugene. Apparently, I didn't realize you were in the program. I guess I, I would have called you. I did a program, right? So this is but putting on airs that you're talking about. I think that's. I actually they I'm came not, to your house. I'm not sure what it was called. Okay, I'll just cover myself there. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody came to our house. You know, because we're tr- they come to your house and you know basically it's the same. Do you smoke? Right. No. Do you have a dog? No. Are you a slob? Do you have, you know, bed bug infested, whatever, dust covered animals everywhere, stuffed animals? It's the things when he was diagnosed with asthma, it was the things I looked up on Google the first day. Mm-hmm. They actually, it's like, you know, as journalists, when we cover some of these keynote speakers and they, somebody shows up and they do an hour speech and clearly they just put it in Google and they're just reading from the top five Google results and there's absolutely no value to it, at least to, it's fine for people in the room, but you're not going to, you're not going to put that in a, in a publication. Why would you just mm-hmm. put Google points said by somebody in a publication? So that's what I, I felt like somebody just walked in, had Googled, you know, asthma symptoms or how to deal with asthma. And they just went off this checklist and that was the end of it. And Did it was kind of like, like teach him how to use his inhaler. Like, no, that's it was done by his doctor. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you another thing. We've done we've, every doctor we've gone to, every nurse, every uh, ER. It's slightly different. Different. Everybody right. tells him a different. They all give him a different way to do it. Right. He's you know, and he's had multiple types of, of, of inhalers, and now we're on this like disc one that 
very frustrating. Mm. So anyway, well, I just I, like, like they should they should like reach out like do some of this for the doctors. Don't they always just assume? I mean that that asthma action or the asthma checklist thing was basically like, you know, are you, do you smoke? Crack? Do you put your baby to bed and then get high on crack <laughs> for the next sixteen hours and try to deal with the asthma? You know what I mean? It was yeah, like yeah. it was meant for somebody who has no regard. Uh, for, you know, and I get there's you know. It's probably helping some people, but that, that, you well, know. and they've done studies, and it's shown that people who have been in that program are less likely to go to the hospital after going through the program. So it is helping some people, but hmm. I mean that's like a percentage. I, I forget exactly what the percentage was, but um, then there's other people who maybe already knew all that stuff. Part of the part of the goal of that program is to have somebody show you or your child how to use an inhaler in a situation that's not chaotic right so if you're in the hospital you're like ah now i gotta learn how to use an inhaler and I'm, I'm figuring out like can i breathe right now when you're at home you're more comfortable you might be more uh, receptive to how to do it you can practice it there's no stress so part of it is just teaching people how to use the inhaler um which as you know there's like 15 different ways you can do it and yeah we've never had two p two doctors tell us the same way i mm. suspect that there's professional uh debates about what's the best way just from you know people that I've talked to uh, regarding this story, so and I'm not a doctor, so I couldn't tell you which way is the right way, and I don't have asthma, so I don't know, like if one way worked better than the other. But I know that that's a debate, and if you're doing it wrong, you could be taking your medicine and not getting your medicine. Hmm. So part of it is like, okay, are the people trained? Well, see, properly? I've never had a doctor tell me that. It'd be nice if one of the somebody I went to had told me that. <laughs> and I'm not a doctor. Because they and don't. That's just so interesting that like, they just you know, they never said, hey, like, you, for, for instance, like there's 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 only one Heimlich maneuver. Like there's only one way to get if you're choking on food to get it out of your. Although you could do that wrong too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm in a, a society as litigious as ours. I'm I'm shocked there's not a accepted way to use an inhaler because i'm sure a, it's been let's I'm take sure a break been lawsuits filed over well i was gonna say let's take a break so i can call a lawyer Well, so on the doctor and the only doctors i've talked to are very into asthma because they're talking about the programs they're using but so there are efforts in hartford um connecticut children's medical center has been doing like tons of research the last 10 years on a program to help doctors use um, this really simple guide to diagnose and then treat asthma. And I'm like, well, wouldn't the doctor already know how to do that? Like when I first started this program, I thought, is this even necessary? Like you're telling a doctor how to do their job. Don't they already know how? And exactly what you're describing is, I guess, the issue, right? They're busy. They're going through a lot of stuff. Um, and it's hard to get into some, like to get into an to, asthma specialist, right. at least for my, I mean, that was, that took some work. And sometimes they're not asking the questions that, will prompt them to think like, oh, maybe your kid has asthma. Like you might not have thought your son had asthma just because he had a cough, but that's a clear symptom of like, hey, you could have asthma. So they have a checklist and, and I think it's like uh, a couple hundred doctors around the state are using this where there's just a checklist, it's four questions. Is your kid, after a cold, do they have a cough that lingers for a month or more, right? Are they wheezing at night? Uh, there's different questions. And then they have just this checklist where they're like, oh, th this kid might have asthma. And then Does they your child say, hey, I have asthma? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, there's cases where you, it's not as clear as, hey, I had an asthma attack. Oh, sure. Like I still sometimes I still find myself doubting whether Jack has asthma. And I think that's part of because I don't want him to be on the medication. Anymore. And it's it starting to like, freak me out. But I could see that. 
I just did the last time I went to a doc. We found a guy, and I can't, I can't remember his name. I should look him up. But the guy right up in Ansonia where the dude crashed into the building. What is that? Is that Children's Medical Associates? That's yes, where we found yeah, a, Wake, uh, Westfield Avenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, much, much slower Westfield Avenue. So anyway, go on with what you were going to say. I'm gonna uh, oh, I, I was just going to ask. Uh, I don't know if you could answer this or not, but like uh, we... I've, you know, just reading casually about like health issues, uh, you you get the impression that like obesity is like a public health crisis or there's more obesity cases than ever before. Hey, I'm a fat guy. Is, Shut up. Is <laughs> asthma, Sick is there it. is there been like a similar rise, like has there been a rise in asthma cases in recent years? Is that's what, is that's, is that why there's such a focus on this? Uh, and yeah. Is that caused by environmental stuff or, or well, so just more people diagnosed. What's everything I've read and everyone I've talked to has said a combination of things causes that. And I don't know if there's a clear one answer, um, but it has gone up. And in Connecticut, the concern is our rates are higher than the national average. So we're worse than, you know, when you take everyone combined, Connecticut residents have higher rates of asthma. So it's 9.2 percent of adults and then 10.5 percent of children have asthma. So a tenth of the people here have mm-hmm. asthma children. Um Across the country, it's only, I think it's 7.4 I have for adults and 8.6% for children. So we're higher in Connecticut, and those rates have continually gone up. Um, And, you know, more people have asthma doesn't mean everyone's using the hospital. So that's sort of looking at a different thing. But, yes, more people do have asthma. Do they think it's like the, you know... Midwestern coal plants, the prevailing winds, like bringing that pollution. (laughs) You know, I haven't looked at national data. I don't know if it's like more in certain areas. Um, Dr. Germano, that's the guy we go to now, Children's Medical Associates. And he's... He's like tuned the, into the asthma. Yeah, treatment. he's actually the first guy. And he's not before that we brought Jack to an actual pulmonologist that we'd go to quite mm-hmm. regularly. And this was the first doctor that actually sort of took a second to listen and then would say uh every other time I felt like they we just fell into this pattern where it was just sort of uh you know, I was managing his asthma and they managed it by just here's some prednisone, here's mm-hmm. some prednisone, here's some prednisone. And that stuff that'll cure whatever else you I was just taking I mean, like I was just taking it for general, fun. That's generally a complaint <laughs> with doctors with across America about everything. About They're like, everything, Yo, here's yeah. some antibiotics, yeah, get yeah, out of my face. Yeah, here's some yeah, this guy actually tries to uh you know, he I could tell he was listening, uh or trying to listen to mm-hmm. to what I was saying. But anyway, that's him. Gerald Germano. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm just thinking Sorry. about all of the stories that we read about, you know, where, like the, with the opioid stuff, people are really like, oh, there's an overprescription yeah. painkillers causing this, uh, causing this uh, spike in opioid addiction. So and then kickbacks. That's the other big uh, local story on CHIT.org is the uh, Derby Pain Clinic. That's uh, a bit controversial. At least uh, one employee there uh, seems to be might be a little bit sketchy. So they were getting paid from a drug company to prescribe a specific. I, drug. you know, I don't know the specifics of it. Like we 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 published the stories, but we haven't done any original reporting. So I'm mm-hmm. almost afraid to. Yeah, I don't want to characterize. I mean, generally, it, that's what a, a kickback scheme is. Yeah. yeah. If they're using the, that terminology, but yeah, the, yeah it'll, it'll, it'll be prosecuted in federal court, and we'll. So here's some of the bright spots in. Uh, do you want der- do you want a I'm, valley I'm looking, numbers? I'm looking at a right. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. That's why I, I have was valley just, numbers. Yeah, yeah. I pulled out. So. Just to give you context, so across the state, so there's statewide numbers. Uh, let's see. So statewide, the rate is 66 people per 10,000 who visit the emergency room 
during this time period, right? To compare that to the Valley numbers, Ansonia was 121, so wow. twice the state rate. And when was that? That was like the last data set you're yep, saying? Yep, and it's a five-year data set. It's like the, 2000 to 2014. That was your old story. This is the most recent. So the, oh, gotcha, yep, gotcha. Yep, this is the most recent. Oh, wait, so there, okay, so that's what you're saying where the, the new, so Ansonia is still way above oh i'm sorry 121 was the last one 95 is the new one gotcha okay. you're right you're right which is still above the 66 per ten thousand. Right. that's where that's, yep okay. still higher than the state average but it's gone down derby one uh it was 116 now it's 78 so it's going down but still again higher than state average so odd i know hmm. seymour was 71 now 46 so that's gone down a lot more uh and it's lower than the state average beacon falls i threw in there because they had a big decrease 47 last time, 25 this time. Uh, Oxford, 33 last time, 25 this time. Shelton, 28, or I'm sorry, 38, now it's 34. So all of them have gone down. Hmm. And so it's fewer people per 10,000. So the rate is smaller in the most recent data than the one from five years before that. That's for people going to the hospital. For people who are admitted, like you said, Jack was admitted, he was there for a couple days. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, the rates are lower, but 13, uh, in Derby, it was 13 last time. Now it's 11, so it's gone down a little. And Sonia, it was 17. Now it's 11. So What's 11 the state people. average on that one? Um, I don't know if I have that number uh, handy. I can see if it's somewhere. Yeah, I don't have that number. I just have the emergency room rate. And um, you, had, you had noted in your article that despite all, all these numbers, the, the emergency room at Griffin here in our not in Derby, but in Derby, averages one patient a day with asthma symptoms still, not counting those who end up being admitted. Right. So their rates, and that was, uh, I talked to Don Barrett, who is head of the parish nurses at Griffin Hospital, and she's pushing, so when I went and covered that event for you where they're t the whole community is talking about, like, what do we want to focus on in terms of health, she's pushing to focus on asthma. So she's been looking and saying, like, all right, there's too much asthma. There's too many people coming to the hospital. So she's trying to get them to target asthma as oh, one there we of go. their goals. Um, yeah, and Derby and Ansonia are so, I mean, they, they just jump out from that yeah. data set you just read compared to like Seymour and Shelton. That just amazes me. Well, and like Ansonia was ranked 13th in the state. So to put it in context, I mean, they're the 13th worst city for hospitals, uh, ER visit rate. Where's Derby rank? 21st. So they're they're both you know mm. in the top I don't know what percent that would be and the I don't know how to <laughs> the, and then the, the event you had mentioned that you had covered for us because that's interesting as well because that's in the next uh, whenever this comes out we're going to be right upon the uh, Griffin and the Valley Community Foundation everybody else who's involved releasing that report I think that's uh, this month yeah you know yeah, yeah. it's coming it's coming up in it's like October I just got 21st. an email from them they, mm -hmm. yeah uh -huh. something like that. Uh, but uh, what was the event you had covered? So I'd have to go event, into my email and look. I don't know what they called it. It was like a community conversation. So Griffin Hospital, the regional health district, doctor's offices are every, I guess, 10 years maybe or three years. I, I forget how often they do it. They look at... It's like how towns do master plans of their zoning. Exactly. This is what the health, it's for health people do. Thursday, October 20th. 20th. At 7.45 a.m. in Shelton, wow. Cinto Auditorium. So what they're doing is they're looking and saying hey, where do we need to target? And then as a community, that meeting was having people come together and say, what do you see as issues, right? You're in the doctor's offices, you're at the hospital. What are we missing? What, what should we focus on here? 
And so Don afterwards said, you know, I'm really concerned about asthma. So anyone who's interested in that issue, come see me, sign up. We'll start having meetings. So she's been organizing meetings. I haven't gone to any. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That's, but, and that's they've been talking about it. I guess the same kind of thing happened back in the early 90s with breast cancer. And that's how we got the, the, the cancer center. Yep. So it was the same process. Someone stood up and said, hey, breast cancer, you know, women in, in the valley are dying at rates that are, I think, doubling what the state has. Um, we need to focus on this. And now they've built the cancer center. They've got all this. Um, the rates have gone down. I think they're below the state average now. And so they're seeing that as a success. Of course, it takes, I think, 10 years for something like yeah. that to happen. But I saw the same thing ha like starting over, but with asthma at this Asthma meeting. really seemed to be gaining traction as, yeah. a, as, a, as a major health issue here in the Valley. Right. And so when I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, well, it is getting better, but it's not good. Mm. And they don't, they don't, better is, is like a nice start, but that's not where they want to be. Right. They don't want to be 13th worst in the state. Right. We, we don't want to have 95 people per 10,000 going to the hospital for asthma. Right. We want to have zero or 10 or whatever. Mm. Now, did uh, any sort of I know because what I want to ask is like, well, why Derby and Sonia? And we hear that, OK, if you have high poverty or if you just moved into an apartment and you're, you're a young parent, you're working three jobs and it's hard to manage, uh, you know, your kid if they don't have asthma. Uh, and then you throw in this, this mm -hmm. medical condition, which requires, yeah, you have to watch it all the time and you have to recognize your, your, your son or daughter symptoms. And I, I guess I'm just talking about kids. But other than that, are there any, have you heard any wild things out there about what may be happening in the environment in Ansonia and Derby that could maybe somehow? No, I haven't heard be thrown that. thrown out as a cause for asthma. No, I've just heard, um, I mean, you see low-income families have higher rates and some of that is what you've just described. Um, it's more urban here. It's not quite as polluted as maybe Hartford or New Haven, but it is more urban. I wonder um, if it's like our, our, we have an old housing stock. We've got lead. I mean, I don't think lead paint deals with it, but if you've got people smoking, so if you're in a mm -hmm. more congested living environment and someone's smoking, you're more likely to have effects from that. Radon, I wonder. Radon's I a know. thing. It's like no one has said that kind of thing. Right. But I might have. Right. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm, yeah, we're just talking, and, and, and <laughs> I should I should say that we're not. We're just. Yeah, we're not. I was just asking. We're not for epidemiologists. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but I can't even spell that word, let alone know what it means. Part of it is too, and I I know you guys see this when people are looking at issues. I mean, Ansonia's number thirteen on this list, but no one's looking at Ansonia, right? They're like, okay, Hartford, New Haven. Everyone goes for the big they cities. They go to the big yeah, cities. Yeah. So no one's doing a study where it's like, well, something else happening in the valley. Um, they're like, what's going on in Hartford? What's going on in New Haven? Oh, and Ansonia's number 13. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. And that's, the valley gets, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking like when uh, <laughs> people come to our Facebook page, right? It's like, what do we have, like 15,000 Facebook followers? It's a pretty substantial uh, number. But someone will always say, hey, I saw on the news, and it'll be a story we published and put <laughs> on, and it'll be under a comment. I'm like, wait, it's, but we're not considered, you know, we're the valley. Yeah. We're not, and it's the same way with, yeah, yeah. Or like a TV station will see something that we published, then do a story of their own, and then somebody and then will publish so, that yeah. on our page. And, and say, like, hey, did you mm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We and did, actually. Yeah, that's where, and, and so just that you brought that up. So, but yeah, there is that whole issue in the valley. People don't uh, concentrate, which is why the valley turns around and, and they do it themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, with that whole uh, cancer center is still an amazing yeah. Amazing story. So, uh, so then in terms of teaching these uh, these young people, these millennials, I think they're called. <laughs> in, uh, I think technically I am in the first year of a millennial. Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. I, I think, and Ethan admit. might be too. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Generation I'm, I'm like, X, baby. I'm the borderline between oh, like, no Gen I don't Y like you guys. and Millennial, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. But my question is, okay, so. Generation Next. I was listening to a, <laughs> I was listening to a, a Mark Marin podcast, WTF, it's his podcast. He's a stand-up comedian who often will interview other stand-up comedians or, or anybody. He just had Katie Couric on, John Prine, the great songwriter. He had some random stand-up comic. I never heard of the guy. But the guy had said, Hey, you know, I was going to school because they always ask, like, you know, how'd you get into to comedy? And he's like, ah, you know, I was going to school uh, as a journalist in like whatever the two thousands, and left school and decided to go in to stand up comedy. And stand up comedy at the time, the all the comedy clubs were closing. It's it's since rebounded, but he's like, I decided to go from one dying profession into another. <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, well that's funny. It makes me want to cry, especially because I have you know a son with asthma and a, and a daughter in preschool. Future's looking bright. I'm forty two years old. Uh, so now you have these fresh faced, fresh faced millennials in there. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, how do you, what do you do? What do you say about the future? What do you tell them about the job prospects? Do you still push people to like the local paper or here or what do you, or publications like this? What, how do you manage all that? So the local papers are good because they still, even though it's smaller staff, they still have a big staff compared to, you know, two people is a very small staff. So they're getting more feedback, maybe. But my question Hopefully. is... Oh, but these... where do I say, like, where should you look to get a job? Yeah, what do these kids do? Are they in, Are they insane? What are they, why are they majoring in... <laughs> are, do you know, uh, like, you've only been teaching a few years, but do you know, are there more kids in those journalism classes than there were, like, 20 years ago? Do other professors... We have hovered, we had about 100 majors, now we're at like 85, so it's not too oh, much so fewer, no. It's pretty, still pretty strong. And That's I don't know if how much of that has to do with the number of students overall. I mean, I don't know if we're down overall in general, but... Do they want to be broadcasters, or like, what do you... Students come into our program a lot of times, they want to write about entertainment, they want to write about sports. Then they take our classes and we're like, hey, go to, you know, intern at the Valley Indy. And they end up writing about Ansonia City Hall. And they're like, hey, this is kind of cool. That's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) That has to have happened once. Our last intern was from Southern. Carl. Yeah, Mm. yeah, Carl. Yeah, he was great. I'm I'm sorry. Mm. I just had a, yeah, he, he was awesome. That kid was awesome. And I don't know what he'll end up doing, but... I think once they try it, then they're like, okay, I can do this. This is kind of fun. And you're, Southern you're grads learning are, a lot. Southern grads are still, like, you guys are still pumping them out right into jobs mm. from what I see. Yeah, in least. Connecticut. I mean, the, a lot of there's a lot of hiring at the Meriden Record Journal. Of, they've mm. had an opening in the last couple years, like every month or so. I don't know if that just means there's high turnover, if they've added people or what. Um, One of our other interns is at the Post now, I think, mm-hmm. on the layout desk. Okay. Yeah. And one of our was Savannah. Was she from Southern? Yep, she was from Southern. And she she's she's, she's at, at a, a trade magazine, magazine now, yep. but she got a job at, I think the RJ and then the Current the within Current, six yeah. months of great. Yeah, I mean people, people always say like, oh, it's impossible to get a journalism job, but like I don't if, see that if you're competent and are willing to work for peanuts, then yeah, you could get <laughs> yeah, a job. I think, and and like I think that, that's, that's where that's where the big change has, yeah. has mm-hmm. happened. If you're, it I helps think, if your family is independently wealthy, but. Yeah. Well, so there are Not jobs. Not the case for most of us. I also think there's other jobs to be had from the degree. So if you go through the program and you're like, what did I get myself into? I hate, you know, covering towns or whatever. They're, the skills are usable in other fields. Like a lot of our students go on to law school after. I don't know about a lot, but there are, there are students who go on to law school, become lawyers. 
And it's like, okay, well, I learned how to write. I learned how to research. Now I'm interested in the law. Now I can go to law school and maybe have an easier time. And where I went to school, there was a lot of uh, business majors Mm -hmm. taking journalism classes to do like with a view to using it for like marketing, PR uh, purposes. Yeah, a lot of students go to PR. Um, (sighs) I don't know. I, I think that. Whenever they come in and they're like, is there a job for me? I'm like, yeah, of course there's going to be a job for you. It might not be what you what your parents think of as a reporter, but there'll be something for you and you'll have fun doing it. And, you know, maybe you'll make a little bit of money along the way, too. You definitely won't. Do yeah. that, <laughs> Today's October 5th as we record this. It's not going to this might be really old news by the time this is released. But we're in the midst in the, in the newsroom today, our one room newsroom of uh the clowns, the evil clowns on social media, 13-year-old girls. Uh, for some reason, each what, the five people arrested, all female, right? All what? Four 13-year-old Two girls? Two 13-year-old girls and then one... Oh, I'm not sure the Naugatuck Two one. in Naugatuck were under the age of 14, both female. Okay, and then Ansonia, uh, Ansonia just also arrested a 16-year-old girl for making a threat against Emmett O'Brien. Uh, but yeah. A clown threat? Well, these are you're just people who are... Why uh, are they dressing up as clowns? Like, I don't... Well, they're not dressing up as clowns. This is where, that's where it's all, these are okay. just people who are on Twitter and they just have a, instead of, you know, our, your avatar of you just standing there, you just do an evil clown. And then you threaten to shoot up a school, which, you know, is, I guess what I don't understand why I, people are doing this. Well, f- I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, and the whole thing, I think, well, I think it's I think just what's happening kid, kids is, who don't want to go to school or mm-hmm. From the safety of a keyboard, it's going to like, oh, I could just cause this disruption. And then they're not thinking through that I could get arrested for, right. you know, whatever. And, and, and why, I mean, why is like, school like, this, you know, though? There, there was a sort of a flavor of this with when we were talking to the mayor this morning that, like, the police, they've, been, they've all been charged with disorderly conduct. But, like, should they be in charge with, like, felony threatening, you know, et cetera, Making a et terrorist threat. Exactly. So... Yeah, and I think I the, the clown thing is because they're just all reading, they're, you know, they're, they're on reading Facebook. reading about these clowns. Yeah, or maybe not Facebook. That's them dating myself. But, you know, we're all hearing all these trending stories about, you know, numbskulls dressing up as creepy clowns, which has just become just a really weird. harmless thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get as like, I'm like a horror movie guy, right? So I get kind of the humor in that some menacing looking clown <laughs> is just standing in the middle of the road taking a creepy picture like yeah to me that's hilarious i i guess because i get the horror aspect of it it's just so yeah i mean it's and just already so playing ridiculous. out in our comments feed on that story you but, know some one person says i think arresting them is a little extreme they're only 13 and then of course there's a reply to that being like that's what's the problem in this country you know etc et that we yeah, don't arrest or that we do arrest that we that we some, some people say we kids. shouldn't be arrested but then some people say throw the book at them well, all I know is when I was in high school, it was early nine or I'm sorry, early 2000s, late 90s. Right. I graduated in 2002. A kid in my high school in middle school had threatened Chelsea Clinton through an email. Right. One of these form emails that they had on the Internet, uh, yeah, on the White House. Yeah. You don't think anybody's actually going to see it. Yeah. And like within an hour, like Secret Service was at the school and arrested him and all this stuff. So this was early 2000s. I had we had like assemblies where they were like, do not make threats online. You will get arrested. And so like even then they were telling us. And, and I, so like, aren't they yeah. telling kids now? And like, I wonder like how much of it is just like a feedback loop because everything on the internet is so like accessible and re- like in, when I was in high school we had like a week or my senior year where some like idiots kept calling in threats 
Everybody would get marched out of the school Bomb to the threats, courtyard. Like, yeah. They'd bring a dog in. The dog would go through. Nothing <laughs> would be there. And everybody would go back in after like an hour of waiting outside. And this happened like three times within a week. Never in the paper. Like nothing. But like now it's just everybody's so like on hooked in online and stuff that like there's three news stories about it before there's a confirmed sighting anywhere, yeah. you know, so... I so then you're like, ooh, I can get on the news. Part of that is just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing like kind of the mass hysteria of this, like, there's a clown in the woods here. There's a clown in the woods. And now it's suddenly being reported everywhere. And it's like, that's probably not happening. There's really not that many people dressing up as clowns. In the woods. Posing creepily. And if they are, if it's a public space, it's technically not illegal. <laughs> I support it. As long as you're not trespassing or, or doing or like, like that. Or like doing some illegal activity I think it's a little weird that like, you know... If you walk around, you're, you're like, the, what's the difference between that and like wearing a, a hood? I mean, you're concealing your identity, right? Right. Yeah. So you can do that. You're allowed to I, walk around with a hood. I don't think you should be, but okay. okay. Like if you walk down Main <laughs> Street with a KKK hood on. No, like, I'm thinking well, like think a hoodie. Not, not saying, I'm thinking like yeah, a hoodie. No, yeah, hoodie. I'm saying a hood hoodie. covering your face. Oh, I was thinking and a hoodie. eyes. Yeah, that's, yeah. What do you want to ban Halloween? Hoodie shouldn't be illegal. It's Halloween. You monster. You could walk around with a with a mask on. Yeah, I don't I I, I don't think you should be able to. It's like one of those things maybe we just stop paying attention to it like we're fee- I mean one thing that's going yeah, on yeah, you got yeah. you got local that's news. That's definitely like true. should you cover these There's stories. TV news. Yeah, yeah. And we try mm-hmm. and we a lot of times yeah. well what we do now is we just ignore the stuff. We're too busy and it's like I don't know if it rises above if we get enough. And that's what happened with this clown thing. We were getting messages about it. And I'm like, uh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's just too much. It's too much. You're just feeding the machine. You're just, you're just perpetuating this. Mm-hmm. There's no, the clown is not going to show up and shoot up a school. It's just clearly a kid, you know, but you, you have your own bias. But then I was like, all right, I emailed the, uh, the, the, the police department last night and said, hey, and I had the screenshot. The kid had whoever done, or I guess the alleged kid still had the page up. It's like, <laughs> oh, now the media's got it, dummy. Now I was yeah. going to do like a countdown until you're arrested. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that though. But it turned out the police department already had a Facebook post. I like twenty minutes before they had said we're aware. So, so at that you point know, you just share their post. That's last night we just yeah, we just shared their yeah. post, and then this morning when I came in, like I just had too much. I couldn't write it up last night. Right. Uh, I wrote it up at like six a.m. this morning, uh, and then they had updated it by like they had announced the arrest like at eight. So. It ended, up, it ended up being on the front page. But also, I'll admit, we had nothing else. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Uh, we have a bunch of stories that I haven't edited. So that's why Clown was simply a slow news morning. And I needed something to put in that and front no spot. And no one got in and said, slow news day. Must be a slow news day. I was waiting for it. Yeah. But no, no, it got like, it got, last I checked, it had 9,000, uh, oh reached 9,000 people on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. People are all about the clowns. We've probably uh, been at, at this for two hours now. Oh, yeah. I got to go pick up my kid. So, uh, yeah, that is exactly the one hour mark. So we're done here. So, Jody, is there anything else you want to add before uh, we no. end this? I think that's it. Asthma, journalism, and clowns. What else do you want out of life? All right. I'm Eugene Driscoll for uh, Ethan Fry and yep. Jody Gill. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This was Valley Navel Gazing. See you next time.